This edition of the Ed Surge On Air podcast is brought to you by the Barbara Bush Foundation Adult Literacy X Prize. Learn more by visiting the following website, adultliteracy.xprize.org. Hello, everyone. This is Mary Jo Matta coming to you with another Ed Surge Extra. Now, it's not every day that we receive visits from entrepreneurs or nonprofit leads who can cite as viral of growth as the EdCamp movement. For those of you wondering if that's the name for some educational type of summer camp, let me help you out. EdCamps, or unconferences, bring together teachers, tech experts, entrepreneurs, and anyone else interested in the education landscape to talk about, well, whatever they want. EdCamps involve very little planning, and the schedule is entirely decided by participants only once they've showed up to the EdCamp. Sound a little unconventional? Well, the novelty has become, dare we say, a viral movement since the very first gathering back in May of 2010. In fact, there have been more than 250 EdCamps around the world in the last year alone. The executive director of the EdCamp Foundation, Hadley Ferguson, stopped by the EdSurge office on October 19th because, well, we were curious to learn more about just what has caused this viral growth. But we didn't stop there. Are there too many EdCamps? And are entrepreneurs starting to use them as a marketing opportunity, which could affect the sacred space that is an EdCamp? Are our worries becoming a reality? Curious minds want to know. Hadley answered all those questions and more in this EdSurge Extra. So, let's get right to it. So we are coming to you live from our beautiful EdSurge podcasting booth, which is in a cardboard box, (laughs) and I am joined here by Hadley Ferguson. Hadley, can you introduce yourself um, to our listeners? I am currently the executive director of the EdCamp Foundation, which is two years old and was created in order to support and enhance the EdCamp movement around the country and across the world as well. But now you weren't always the executive director. You have a you have a long history in education, don't you? I do have a long history in education. I got my master's in uh, in education in 1977 and have been working in middle schools. Um, Basically, since then, with the exception of 16 years when I was homeschooling our four children, which was back before anyone had ever heard about homeschooling. So it was I was homeschooling based on John Holt's unschooling model and started out thinking it would be a good idea. And 16 years later, all four of our children were heading into eighth grade. So that's interesting because I, I have to ask, if you were a homeschooling teacher for all those years... Where did you get your professional development? I mean, where did you learn about good teaching strategies, things like that? I, I am a reader, and so at that point in time, it was before the Internet had taken over. So I used to haunt teacher su- or school supply stores. and <laughs> Just hanging would, out in the corner. Just hanging out in the corner, reading whatever the, were the latest magazines, whatever were the latest books that had come out, just to try and keep my myself ahead of the curve with my children. Um, but also I taught a writing group for homeschooled kids, and so it was just trying to make sure that I was 
um, current and meeting the needs of the students that I had. So you went out and you actually sought out that information from different resources. Yes, definitely. And and I think that that's true of an awful lot of teachers, that they want to be the best that they can be. That's why they went into this profession, was to make what happens in their classroom the best for kids. And I think that teachers want to know um, if there are things they can do that would make it better for the learning environment in their classes. Well, so what's interesting then is that now that you're working for the EdCamp Foundation, a lot of that actually plays into the design and the uh, implementation of an EdCamp. So for those listeners out there who don't know what an EdCamp is, can you give us the brass tacks (laughs) definition of what something like that looks like? So an EdCamp qualifies as what is called an unconference. And that means that the planning doesn't happen by a bunch of organizers ahead of time taking in proposals, setting up charts and schedules. It happens on the day. So an EdCamp is participant-driven professional development, which means that everyone who comes can suggest a session, can ask a question. It's about learning that happens collaboratively rather than top-down. There isn't an expert in the room. We say the room is the expert. And the expertise comes as teachers talk to one another. And an ed camp is free, they're always free, and they're open to anyone. So any teacher within an area can find an ed camp and go to that ed camp and learn on uh, on that day. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. When we we here at EdSurge actually did host our own EdSurge EdCamp, and I remember when we first proposed the idea, a couple of EdSurge readers were sort of like, that sounds kind of lame. You're just going to get a bunch of people in a room. They're just going to be talking to one another. What's the big deal? Doesn't seem that different from other conferences or professional development we've been to. So what, what would be your response to that? Well, what happens at an ed camp is that teachers are giving up a a Saturday, usually, and they're coming to a place where they want to learn and they want to help other people learn. And so the conversations grow out of that. So teachers come with their latest question, how do I teach digital literacy? Or what, you know, what am I going to do about STEM in my humanities classroom? And they pose those questions of each other, not expecting that anybody's going to be the expert but that everybody together will begin to work towards a better understanding of how to how to solve that problem for them. And there are lots of people who come and just want to talk about a topic that it's, you know, how am I going to deal with bullying in my classroom? Um, and as the teachers talk together, there's an energy that comes because they're recognized as professionals rather than sort of almost treated like children who we've got to hold them accountable to make sure that they learn. At an ed camp, they're treated as very, very sincere professionals who are there to enhance their practice. I've sat in some pretty crappy professional development before. So do you do you find that the teachers that come to ed camp come to you frustrated with the existing PD that they're going to or that their districts are su- supplying them with? I think that the the traditional professional development is that teachers are walked into an auditorium, they sit down in chairs, and they're talked at all day. And any study of how people learn will tell you that that's way low on how people actually engage and grow, whether it's students or it's adults. And so what happens at an ed camp provides them with an opportunity to to be participants in their own learning rather than just simply um, sort of supposed to be receptacles of what's coming at them. And 
there certainly seems to be a positive reception to this because now EdCamp was founded when? Back in 2000 2010. So it's been around for about five years. And so obviously back then, you know, the number was zero. <laughs> on average, how many EdCamps do you have on a yearly basis now? Um, last year at our latest study, and I have to give a shout out to Kim Civic, my operations manager, who's just been doing this amazing search for EdCamps because the EdCamp, um, we've had a wiki where people could go on and put um, their EdCamps in, and we thought there were about 750 in those five years. It turns out that there have been over 900 oh, of them, word. and each one of them is ind- independently organized. So it's not the foundation going out and organizing EdCamps, it's and- people hearing about them and wanting to do it. And in how many continents and countries, you know, is there, is it just America? Is we're, it... we're on six continents. I keep throwing out the challenge if someone wants to hold one in Antarctica, <laughs> I'd be super glad. <laughs> um, yes, we're in 26 countries around the world, six continents. Um, most of them are in North America, but they, the word is continuing to spread around the world. So, all right. Well, then in that sense, to me, hearing you say nine, more than 900, you said, mm-hmm. you know, some may describe that as a viral movement, that the egg camp movement has gone viral. And I've actually read articles with that word in the article referencing the egg camp movement. It's mm-hmm. some, as something that just seems to have spread organically, because up until you came in as the executive director, there was no governing body over ed camp, correct? Exactly. So what is it that's caused the movement to go viral at such a fast speed, do you think? I think it's a combination of things. Um, some of it is the energy uh, that happens at an ed camp. You get teachers talking to one another. They get super excited about actually being part of these conversations and feeling like they are learning and growing. And then they turn around and share that with other people. We also happen to start right in the day and age of the beginning of educators getting on Twitter. And so I think that rather than it just being word of mouth, we had Twitter going on. And from the first EdCamp Philly in 2010, there were people following us on Twitter who we had connected with already. Mm. And they heard about it and started following the hashtag. And then they wanted to do it. And so I think that that, um, the social media part, it played a very big part. But we also early on, um, Kristen Swanson put together a foundation partnership program, which was a group of organizers who would answer people's questions. So if you wanted to organize an ed camp, you could get in touch um, with us through the wiki and they would, um, they answers, questions could be answered and you could talk to a person um, to, because it is very scary to host your first ed camp and to advertise it out there, have people sign up. You might have 100, 200 people sign up and you get in there on that first morning and look at an empty session board and it's a little terrifying. Is anybody going to pose a question? Does anybody want to hold a conversation? And to date, the session boards have always been filled up, but but having a real person to talk to, I think, was an important part of moving this this forward. And these organizers, you know, the individual ed camp organizers, are they paid? There's abs. Ab, no, everybody is a volunteer. So of the 900 plus ed camps that have been held, each ed camp probably has five to ten organizers. They're all volunteers, and so they're out there doing that partly because they experienced the energy and passion of an ed camp and they want to pass it on it's really a paying it forward kind of movement that so clearly there's got to be then some sort of conclusion you can make about 
the existing world of professional development and <laughs> sort of a need that it doesn't seem to be filling. So my second to last question for you, there's got to be a greater vision for ed camps. You know, you've been in this role now for two years. Um, Oh, for one year. For one year. Thank you. For a year in December. Me. There we go. A year in December. <laughs> How could you see schools incorporating the EdCamp model more into their professional development? Or do you see schools and districts already starting to do that? It, we are beginning to develop a program that we're calling EdCamp in-house where we could help districts facilitate this because when we've talked to superintendents, the whole idea of having a PD day where there's nothing on the schedule except EdCamp is a little terrifying. And so we want to sort of serve as the experts who can come in, introduce the idea to the principles and then host the first day and really train people on how to do it themselves after that. But um, we want to offer a transition for them because a lot of times districts have things that they want their teachers to learn about. So maybe one of the sessions on the session board is about how to deal with bullying, um, but then have the rest of it be open for conversations. I think that there are ways to, to really push this idea of conversations um, forward into districts. Mm. And actually, in terms of conversations, we've also gotten a lot of questions from people in terms of how you feel the role of an entrepreneur plays into ed camps. So I'll give you some context. Um, We held an ed surge ed camp about a month ago, and we did have a lot of entrepreneurs show up. And Mm. one educator came up to me and said, this was a very different experience for me. It caused us to wonder about the concept of ed camps being a sacred space for Mm -hmm. educators to come to focus on professional development. How do you feel about the role that budding ed tech entrepreneurs can play or should not play in the ed camp movement? It's interesting because we've, um, a couple of ed camps I've been to, there have been some entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I say is that they they are welcome to come if they see themselves there as listeners. If they want to understand the, the challenges that teachers are experiencing, if they want to sort of interact on that level, that that's perfectly fine. If they're there as a sales pitch, then that's it's really the wrong place for them because it's it is ed camps are supposed to be about about teachers sharing and growing together. I think that there are, there are ways that entrepreneurs could just come and listen and figure out, oh my heavens, this is a challenge point for teachers. I want to make sure that I that I address that in my product, not during the ed camp, but as they take it back. Um, and then the uh, the other way is that um, entrepreneurs have been stepping up to fund um, EdCamp in a Box, which is our program that provides everything that an organizer would need from funding for their breakfast to their name tags and session board tape and all of that. Um, But it gives them a forum, you know, a place to be able to say, I want to sponsor these conversations. And it puts them them and their product in front of, of passionate educators. Actually, one more fun question, just because I'm curious. What's been one of the most interesting ideas that you've encountered at an ed camp recently? You know, something that you that stuck out in your head and you said to yourself, wow, I have never seen this at an ed camp before. 
Oh, there are, there are a number of ones that people, um, uh, most recently they were talking about before the Ed Camp started doing a sort of speed dating activity to warm up the participants so that they got to meet lots of people very, very quickly. And I thought that was a really interesting idea just as an icebreaker. So, uh, you know, that, that to me was just a new one that I hadn't heard of before, but I thought was a good one. It's part of why I want to have um, organizer summits because there are best practices out there that you know one Ed you know Ed Camp Milwaukee might know about, but Ed Camp New Jersey doesn't, and be able to start having organizers talking to one another so that the best practices of Ed Camp Philly might be able to be shared with you know Ed Camp Tampa Bay. I have to tell you, one of my coworkers at EdSurge recently said that the EdCamp model could be applied to actual dating in real time. Yes, <laughs> it could be a reaction to apps out there. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any interest in launching that? Let me get this one built first, okay? <laughs> we got a nonprofit to build. <laughs> That's true. You got a lot of work ahead of you. Well, Hadley, thank you so much for coming in. And if um, our listeners out there want to get more information about you, EdCamp, or attending an EdCamp, where should they go? Um, they should go to our website, which is www.edcamp.org, or they can get in touch with me at Hadley, and you spell that H A D L E Y, at edcamp.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Hadley. We look forward to seeing that number go up and up and up. It's exciting. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again to Hadley Ferguson for stopping by and chatting with us. Like she said, you can find out more information about the EdCamp Foundation at edcamp.org. Thanks to you for listening, and we'll see you next time.